0: What's up, Dolphin fans? Welcome to the Same Old Dolphin Show. I'm Josh Patzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. What's up, Dolphin fans? Brain, we talk about how this show is called the Same Old Dolphin Show. And, you know, one of the sort of, I guess, the premise of the show is we talk about whether or not this team is, in fact, the Same Old Dolphins. And while the performance by the Miami Dolphins on Monday Night Football against the New England Patriots was by far and away the best performance of the season by this Dolphins team, it was an absolutely vintage performance from a team that would fall into the category of hashtag same old Dolphins. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. This is so
1: same old dolphins because, you know, people lose sight of the fact that, you know, they see, oh, same old dolphins, uh, the show and, and you and I were just really negative. And, uh, you know, when we say same old dolphins, we're talking about the dolphins sucking year after year after year. But that's not the case. That's not exactly it. What when we say same old dolphins, What we mean is that the Dolphins manage to be mediocre every single year. Not that they are one of the worst teams in the league. They're very rarely one of the worst teams in the league. But they are never one of the best teams in the league. And so where does that put them? By and large, just about every single year, they are right in the middle of the pack. And now, 14 weeks through the season... 13 games through the season, they have found a way right
0: into the middle of the pack. It's unbelievable because just a couple of weeks ago, coming off the loss to... What was the last loss before the Broncos, Tampa. Coming off that loss to Tampa, you thought, that's it. If there was any chance of sort of salvaging the season, it went out the door when they lost at home to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You thought, that's it we're done, put a fork in them. This team is, is finished and hopefully they can just tank, lose out and the season can end and we can get ourselves a decent draft pick and spend the off season taking stock and figuring out how this team is going to rebuild going forward. But instead income, the lowly Denver Broncos and the dolphins beat them up. Fine. Okay. You know, it's a, it's, you know, it's the trademark of a team, as we said on the, on the recap show from the Broncos game that you find a way to beat the teams that you're better than. And the Dolphins are clearly better than the Denver Broncos. But one of the purest signs, like in an even more pure display of mediocrity and hashtag same old Dolphins is that. Sometimes you lose a game you shouldn't lose. And I believe the Tampa game would fall under that umbrella. Dolphins should never have lost that game. And sometimes you win games that you shouldn't win. And winning in Atlanta shouldn't have won that game. Winning at home against the New England Patriots, which is, I mean, to this point, really been the best team in the AFC, shouldn't have done it. But when you're a mediocre team, sometimes you win a game that you shouldn't win. Sometimes you lose a game you shouldn't lose, and the Dolphins found a way to do that. So here we sit with three games remaining in the season. The same old Dolphins find themselves at six and seven, and the record that any kind of long-time Dolphin fan knows that is the record that the Dolphins are constantly hovering around is seven and nine, eight and eight. And suddenly, seven and nine, which two weeks ago looked pretty unthinkable, now is sitting there as, you know, that's... Something that is very possible, but even worse than that, we joked about it in the preview show for the Dolphins. We uh, for the Dolphins Patriots game, we we joked about it at the end of the game against the Broncos. Suddenly, because they've won these two games, the Dolphins find themselves with a somewhat realistic chance at actually making the playoffs. It's still a long shot, and it's still probably going to require the Dolphins to win. Their last three games. But you've got a struggling Kansas City team that has lost, I think, what is it now? Six of their last eight games. The only games that they've won recently were both against the Oakland Raiders. And other than that, they've sort of been helpless. Dolphins have a game in Kansas City, tough on the road. But then they've also got two games against a Buffalo Bills team that doesn't have a quarterback right now. So suddenly the Dolphins find themselves in a decent spot in a decent position to make a late run at the playoffs and you know if the Dolphins somehow win these last 3 games they find themselves at 9 and 7 if they sneak into the playoffs they're one of the hottest teams in the NFL they'll have come they'll be riding into the playoffs on a 5 game winning streak it it's improbable but suddenly At six and seven, this is where the Dolphins find themselves. And so at what point is it, well, you might as well just make that push to get to the playoffs. Uh, and you know, I think that's where they're at. I think they've made that decision that they're going to, they're going to push and they're going to do everything they can. Um, before we talk much more about that brain, I think we need to talk about this game against the Patriots because we said in the preview show, we talked about the things that needed to happen for the Dolphins to win. We said basically the only way the Dolphins win this game is if they play perfect or near-perfect football. They can't make big mistakes in this game if they want to beat the Patriots. In addition to that, they needed the Patriots to have an off-night. And lo and behold, the stars aligned just right. The Dolphins played their best game of the season, which they needed to do. The Patriots were definitely off last night. And a lot of that is credit where it's due. A lot of that, I think, is credit to the Dolphins' defense. Uh, Xavier Howard with another fantastic game, a couple of big interceptions. He's, over the last two weeks in the NFL, been one of the NFL's best cornerbacks just over the last couple of weeks. Um, Whether or not that's a sign of things to come, who knows. But it's, it's pretty emboldening at this point. But... You know, the Dolphins' defense did a great job. Tom Brady was certainly off, and maybe that was because he had ghosts of the footsteps that he heard two weeks ago when they were rushing him and getting through and making a lot of contact. But he was off all night, and as a result, things worked out well for the Dolphins. On top of that, their run defense was really great. The, the Patriots ran the ball a total of, I think, 10 times for 25 yards. In this game, Deion Lewis, who I thought, Who I was certain was going to tear up the Dolphins' defense ran the ball five times for 17 yards in this game. Uh, If you're the Dolphins, you're feeling really good on the back of that victory over the Broncos and now this victory over the Patriots. Um, Brian, talk to us a little bit about this win. It's uh, about this performance from the Dolphins on Monday night against the Patriots.
1: Uh, This is this is what the Dolphins have done basically every other year. Uh, It seems, and really it it has been the last, you know, basically every other year, the Dolphins beat the Patriots at home and it's not always a meaningful game for both teams. Uh, This was a meaningful game for both teams. Uh, You know, it's debatable if you,
0: (laughs) it's debatable how meaningful this game was for the Dolphins. I don't know Um, that it was actually that meaningful for the Patriots because the Patriots came in knowing that even if they lost this game, all they had to do was beat Pittsburgh next week, well, and the one seed is still theirs for the taking. Well, yes and no, because had they won this game and
1: then beaten and then beaten Pittsburgh next week, then they'd essentially have a two game lead. Well, actually, they'd have they'd have a two game lead. They'd they'd clinch.
0: No, they wouldn't have clinched because it would have been a, if the Patriots had won this game and they beat Pitt. They'd have, a one game next, they'd have a one game, a one game, a one game but, lead but in the record with two games to, head to, head to go, and right.
1: then only need to win one of their last two games to secure the number one seed. Correct. So now, as it is, you know now Pittsburgh actually has the chance to clinch by winning that next game by winning that game next week, and if the Patriots win, they still will only have the same record as Pittsburgh. Meaning, if they falter and Pittsburgh wins their last two games that Pittsburgh would still get. It's a meaningful game is what I'm getting at. This was a meaningful game and okay. The dolphins are still in the playoff race. So it's a meaningful game, but this is the point that I'm getting at is just, this is just one of those things that the Dolphins, for whatever reason uh, you know, maybe it's because of our pass rush uh, which, you know, Cameron wake has had, you know, has had a good career against Tom Brady, Tom Brady, whether it's been Cameron Wake or Jason Taylor, the Dolphins have always had that pass rusher that gives him fits. And if you can get to Brady, you know, he's human. And the Dolphins, for whatever reason, have been able to do that at home pretty much every other year. They can't do it two years in a row, but they pretty much every other year they beat the Patriots at home. And they played as close to a perfect game as they can play. Certainly this was the best game they played this season. And I'm looking at last season. Adam
0: Gase and, said it's the best game that the Dolphins have played under his ten, un, in his tenure as head coach. Yeah, I'd say it's
1: debatable as to whether or not this was as good a game as they played last year against the Steelers. I, I'd say that's the only game last year where I'd say, yeah, the Dolphins just had their way with a really good opponent. And so that's where I want to draw the comparison because inevitably that's the comparison that's going to be drawn or that's being drawn is that last year against the Pittsburgh Steelers in a game that nobody thought the Dolphins were going to win, the Dolphins had their way with Pittsburgh and turned to the corner and went on the streak that eventually got them to the playoffs. So now, in a game against the New England Patriots that no one thought that they would win, the Dolphins pretty much had their way with New England. Is this them turning the corner and going on the streak that could potentially get them to the playoffs? Or is this simply just the, the Patriots had a bad game? The Dolphins came to play at home, and that's all it is. It's just a one-game sample. It's, you know, like the Pittsburgh Panthers in in college football, you know, when when a top-ranked team or a top-two team goes into Pittsburgh in December, you know, a a below-500 Pittsburgh team comes up with a victory. Is is that what this is? Where this was the Super Bowl for the Dolphins, and the Dolphins played their lot, played their best game, and the Patriots simply laid an egg. Is that what this is, or was the the, the Dolphins turning the corner?
0: It's hard to say. It's hard to say what it was it is in hard the complete narrative, and we'll find that out in the weeks to come. But for now, I think you got to just take a look at this game and say, "Well done, Miami."
1: Yes. And there are some some things that came out of this game, some things that happened in this game that because when you look at the game without going too big picture and saying, you know, are we going to run the table or whatever? What you do want to get out of this is regardless of what happens over the next three weeks, what did we learn in this
0: game? Well, I can tell you, I can tell you one thing that we absolutely learned from this game, and we, we've learned it over the last couple of weeks. But I think this game absolutely sealed it. Is that Kenyon Drake? Kenyon Drake is the number one running back on this team, and he is going to be the guy going forward. And I think there is no question about that. He has solidified it over the past two weeks. Now, granted, Patriots don't have a, a stout run defense, but He's the guy. I mean, you've seen it over the last two weeks. I think there's no question about it. Um, I think even when Damian Williams returns to full health, I think we're going to see, excuse me, Kenyon Drake be the guy who's carrying the load for this Dolphins team. I think we've we've learned that. I think that's probably the single biggest thing we've learned over the last couple of weeks.
1: No doubt about it. And, you know, what, what I learned in this game about Kenyon Drake, because what I saw in the previous two games was Kenyon Drake can break a big run he can break a big play he could do it in the passing game he could do it in the running game he's a he, you know he's kind of complete in that aspect um I found out that he can he can pass protect he can in blitz pickup but more
0: important oh man that block. That block on the, uh, it ended up being an incomplete pass to Jakeem Grant late Uh, in the game. Perfect
1: throw. The best throw that Jay Cutler's made all year.
0: I know, and it was one of those, and it was (laughs) another thing that I learned in this game is that Jakeem Grant is one of those those players that'll make the ridiculous catch, but often has a problem with simple execution. I mean, Jay Cutler throws a- But let's not go too much on a tangent with that play.
1: What I wanted to say is that, you know, what we knew is that he could break a big play. We found out that he can, he, he can do blitz pickup, but what we really found out, which what we, which was what we really needed to know is that he can pick up tough yards, yards after contact, yards between the tackle on short yardage. That's huge because that's what this team has been missing since they traded Jay Ajayi. and not that Jay Ajayi was really doing a great job early on, but you know, before he got traded. But the one thing that Jay Ajayi, you knew that he could do was he was going to get you those tough yards after contract after contact. He's going to move the pile. And I didn't know that Kenyon Drake could do it. And he did it in this game. And that brings us to the next thing that we learned because there's a few of them. But the next thing that we learned, this offense, this offensive line is coming together. And, you know, maybe Mike Pouncey is getting healthy because they were consistently getting push on that New England Patriots defensive line. And Mike Pouncey was the one that was that was leading the way. And, uh, you know, if Mike Pouncey is healthy, he's one of the better centers in the league. And, you know, we talked about it a lot in the preseason about how Mike Pouncey was going to be one of the keys to the season, was keeping Pouncey healthy because the numbers last year when Pouncey played versus when he didn't play were astounding. They were like a whole yard per carry less when Pouncey was out than when he was there. And then the points per game, they were like a touchdown better when Pouncey was there. And then all year long, Pouncey has kind of been disappointing And so you haven't really seen that effect, but over the last couple of games and yes, Kenyon Drake is doing a great job, but let's not lose sight of the fact that Mike Pouncey has been great the last couple of weeks. And Jesse Davis, the rookie guard has been really good the last couple of weeks. And this offensive line as a whole is starting to put it together.
0: Yeah. I mean, even the, even the Ted Larson's and the, uh, Oh yeah, Sam absolutely. Youngs of the world, who who have had their moments where we've not been necessarily pleased with their play this year, have have improved, and so it it's that's a very good sign. It's a very positive sign going forward. Do we want to talk about the the next thing that we've learned over the last? I week? think
1: the next thing that we've learned, we and I talk don't want to it. go
0: overboard
1: on it. Talk about it. Let's do it. I've been pretty critical, uh, but over the last couple of games, here we go. Xavier Howard, what a beast! Has been a pretty damn good starting quarterback.
0: He uh, and
1: this was now this was an amazing game by Xavier Howard. Yes, I mean he completely shut down one of the best receivers in the league and Brandon Cooks. Yes, and had two interceptions. Yes, I do think one thing that I want to say, and I, look, he had a great game. No matter what, I'm going to talk about one play, and even if this play was not called you know, the way the Dolphins w- fans wanted it to be called, it was still a great game. But there was a key third down play where Xavier Howard had a pass breakup on a pass intended for, for Brandon Cooks. And I mean, I saw the play on replay about five times and every single time I watch it, I don't think, damn, there's a hell of a play by Xavier Howard. I think How is that not pass interference? And I think a lot of the way we judge players, a lot of times comes on these 50-50 plays that if that's called pass interference, nobody's complaining about that being called pass interference because it was pass interference. But because it wasn't called pass interference, it's one of the biggest plays of the game and one of the signature plays of the night for Xavier Howard who had the best game of his career last night. Now, like I said, even if that's a pass interference and you had another pass interference earlier in the in the game in the second quarter, even with those even if it's two pass interference calls, the guy still completely shut down one of the best receivers in the league and against arguably the best quarterback in the league, greatest of all time, in Tom Brady, and he gets the two picks look kudos hats off you can't really take away from the game that zavian howard had and now that's a couple of
0: games in a row now after a stretch of really bad games here's the stats last three weeks he's been targeted 17 times he's allowed two catches he's allowed zero yards after catch has four interceptions four pass breakups and an opposing QB passer rating of 0.0. 0. Yeah, it's, it's impressive. It's really,
1: really impressive. It gives you hope that the Dolphins have a number one corner. Um, but I'm not ready to just anoint him because, you know, last year we saw some really great things out of Xavier Howard. So much so And we thought we had a number one corner coming into this season and he spent the better part of the first half of the season getting torched (laughs) by opposing offenses. So I I'd say that I feel pretty confident that he's going to be pretty good. I don't know that we've got ourselves a lockdown number one corner, but we see that he's got the potential to be that. And that's a good thing. Um, so that's that's another piece to the puzzle when you're looking long term and saying, well, how many pieces away is this team? It's another piece of the puzzle that you potentially have solved. Um, and that's a very good thing. And that's another thing that we learned is that the Dolphins have, at the very least, a pretty good starting cornerback. Yeah, you're feeling pretty good about
0: Xavier Howard at this point. It's
1: so, it's a so nice the big thing. question as we now discuss this game and what we've learned from this game. We've learned that the offensive line is coming together. We've learned that Kenyon Drake is is a pretty good starting running back and he's going to be your lead back. We've learned that we we have a pretty good starting cornerback. But what does it all mean? Well, what does it mean in the big picture and in the hypothetical that the Dolphins Win the next three games and make the playoffs. What does that mean? Well, it's go ahead. Does that mean that, uh, that all of a sudden that this team is close? It's closer than we thought. That maybe, you know, next year you get Orion Tannehill, uh, you get, you know, Tony Lippett back, you, you plug Raquan McMillan at, at, at middle linebacker, you get Juwan James back, and that we are right there at the, the top of the AFC.
0: Is that what that means? That's what the Dolphins organization is probably going to tell you. And it, and it makes you reconsider everything again, doesn't it?
1: I'm not ready to go there.
0: I'm not ready to go there yet. either.
1: even, but- even if they win the, the next three games, I'm not ready to go there because,
0: because of what I've seen this year. Here's what I'll say. I would be ready to go there. If the Dolphins can go into Buffalo And get a win. Even if Buffalo is starting Joe Webb, third string quarterback, winning in Buffalo is never easy. So if they can do that, impressive. If they can win in Kansas City, impressive. Winning in Kansas City late in the season is never easy. It's going to be very, very cold. Uh, That's going to be a tough game to, to win on Christmas Eve in Kansas City. And then they come home. They beat the Bills again. They go into the playoffs. They somehow make the playoffs.
1: In this, in and this then,
0: uh, hypothetical, and then,
1: by the way, yeah. Go in ahead. this hypothetical, by the way, the Dolphins would need to finish with a better record than the than the Raiders and the Ravens who
0: both beat the Dolphins head-to-head. Right, although we don't know what it looks like. I, I don't know what all of the permutations look like if they all, if there are multiple teams ending up with the same record. Well, um, what
1: ends up happening there is, um, you know, if all the teams played each other, it becomes like, you know, to- cumulative record of those teams against each other. Um, and... And so I, yeah, I, I don't know. And then it also, you have the conference record and also you have that whole situation with the AFC West. Um, the Dolphins need very badly, probably for San Diego to beat Kansas City and then the Dolphins to beat Kansas City so that if the Dolphins were to get into a tie, they'd have the win, the tiebreaker over Kansas City and but and then at the other, I mean, end, the
0: Dolphins would can, also you could say, also well, be they being beat the Chargers say, if exactly. they
1: have the tiebreaker versus the Chargers. I guess exactly. that then you go there too. Right. Um, so, but it's, the, the thing is, they need to win all three games. That's the first thing that needs to happen, and 100%. then they they
0: still need help. Right? I mean, but if they if the Dolphins win out, that would put that would eliminate the Bills from contention. It would, in all likely, it, it, it's going to give them. The bye. It's going to give them the tiebreaker over Kansas City and San Diego. Um, and assuming Kansas City and San Diego go, let me take a look at what the Raiders' remaining schedule is. The Raiders have uh games remaining against uh the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Chargers. So if the uh I mean, I think there's a possibility. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> the the game against the Eagles is no is not going to be maybe as difficult as it would have been had Carson Wentz not had a season-ending injury, but you know there's a good. The, the Raiders have looked bad. I think there's a good chance the Raiders are going to lose another game before the end of the season. Um, the tricky, the trick is that the Baltimore Ravens are sitting there at at seven and six, and the remaining three games on their schedule are against Cleveland, Indianapolis, and Cincinnati, with two of those games at home. So, I mean. The Dolphins are going to need a significant amount of help to get the Ravens out of the playoff picture. Um, and then the other team that is sitting in the, in the picture right now is the Tennessee Titans, who are at 8-5, and five, um, who if the, if the Titans manage to lose two games, the Dolphins would hold the tiebreaker over them. Titans have to travel to San Francisco and then are home against the Rams and then big season finale against the Jaguars. So it's, uh, you know, it's Foreseeable that the Dolphins could get the help we need, but it's ridiculous that we're having this conversation. It is ridiculous. And so, and
1: and that's why to me, the conversation that needs to be had, and I, I don't know, maybe it doesn't need to be had. Maybe it's just maybe we should just wait and see what happens and then discuss, you know, where we're at each step of the way. Maybe that's the way we should do it. Um, me personally, though. I like to look ahead a little bit and say, you know, what does it mean? Uh, and, and like, you're right. It's impressive. If we manage, if we manage, I mean, if we manage to have a winning season after all of this, to me, the one thing that, that I will say we, we learn out of this, if, if we win out, e- even if we go eight and eight, I've done a lot of criticizing of Adam Gase this year. If this team finds a way to get to even 8-8, and Adam Gase deserves a ton of credit because this team was in a spot where many teams would have folded. Look at the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos have been one of the best teams in the AFC now for three, four years. And they got off to a hot start and they lost a few games and they didn't just start losing close games they they tanked i mean yes they got a big win last i mean not a big win they they won a game last week against the jets but they lost before that seven games in a row eight games in a row i mean that's the that's the bottom falling off and to me the denver broncos are a team that has more talent than the miami dolphins so You look around the league and you see teams like that, that have a lot of talent and and things haven't gone their way and the bottom has fallen out and it looked like it was headed that direction with the Dolphins. And Adam Gase, look, this game yesterday against the Patriots, this doesn't happen if the team is not still together and still not fighting with some purpose. And for that, that's probably the biggest thing that we learned is that Adam Gase still has the attention of this team. And that's probably the most important thing. I mean, the player personnel stuff is important, but you can find players. It's important to know that your coach is still getting his message across because for a few weeks, I wasn't so sure. And they had every opportunity to just give up, and this game yesterday showed that
0: they didn't. Yeah, this is and a team. Haven't. This is a team with a certain degree of fight left in them. Um, I think that's going to take us pretty much to the end of the show. But I guess first we have to do our three stars of the game. Um, I have a feeling that Are we still doing that. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't do in, it. We didn't do it. Are we only
1: doing this when the Dolphins win? I think Is we're that only doing. We haven't it when, done this in like a month and a half.
0: Yeah, we, we're only doing it when they win. We failed to do it last week against the Broncos. Um, but oh, we're gonna gosh. do it tonight, as we record here. Uh, to about this Patriots game. Um, my three stars are obviously Xavier Howard. Uh. I thought he he was fantastic in this game. Obviously, two interceptions shutting down Brandon Cooks. The only uh, only reception Cooks had in this game was on a play where uh, Howard was was somewhere else on the field. He was not on Cooks on the play. Uh, second is, is Kenyon. My second star of the game, Kenyon's. Kenyon Drake was just fantastic. 193 all purpose yards, um, receiving, rushing, just a fantastic performance, really cementing himself as the number one back for the Miami Dolphins going forward. And then my last star of the game is uh, a man who we have, who we have given a fair share of stick to on this show, but uh, who deserves the praise. After this game, and that's Jay Cutler. He was 25 of 38 for 263 yards and three touchdowns. QB, uh, I'm sorry, his his passer rating in this game was one 112.1. Uh rarely, he had never beaten the Patriots before, but he did on this night. He he was really, I mean, this was the best of Jay Cutler, the best Jay Cutler that you're gonna get. He really, really looked good in this game. He looked confident. He actually found his way out of a sack at one point. He was, his, his passes were crisp. He was making, he was just doing everything right for the for the most part in this game so i felt really good about jay cutler and hey when jay cutler has a passer rating of 112.1 and tom brady has a passer rating of 59.5 it's going to be a good night for your football team and it certainly was in this case for the miami dolphins brain who are your three stars i think those are the three uh i i would
1: i it's hard to to argue with those three but uh You know, I want to point out a guy who had a really good game and a guy that's had a very up and down season and he's gotten a lot of flack from us, from other media members, from fans. Um, Kiko Alonso had a nice game. Uh, Had, you know, four big time tackles in the running game. Uh, Actually was was really good in coverage, which is his weakness. Um, The only... The only biggest, the only big gain that he gave up, I mean, the longest gain he gave up was on a screen pass. Um, in coverage he allowed six catches for 47 yards while being targeted a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, for what it's worth on pro football focus got a grade of 85, which, um, he was the third highest graded player for the dolphins in this game. But, but, yeah, obviously, Xavier Howard and, and Kenyon Drake were the two guys that really stood out. Um, and, uh, and obviously, Jay Cutler played his best game as a Miami Dolphin. So you got to give him the nod there. Uh, but this was just really an over an overall great game by the team. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned the play of the O-line was big in this one. Uh, the safeties, both Rashad Jones and TJ McDonald played really well in this game. Jarvis Landry continues to play well week in and week out. We we saw Devontae Parker make a couple of plays, but it's just so clear right now. Jarvis Landry, while he may not be quote-unquote elite, he might not be in that top echelon of receivers with your, your Julio Joneses, A.J. Green, Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, Des Bryant. You know, he might not be in that group, but he's for damn sure in the next group and he's not far behind. And if this team wants to be anywhere close to contention in the foreseeable future, and I'm not just talking about next year or the year after, I'm talking about four or five years from now, when you've got a player that's just entering the prime of his career and he's this good, you got to lock this guy up. I mean, I was on the fence at the end of last year. I was on the fence going into the year. I was on the fence for the first month or two of the season. But it is obvious at this point, especially because Devontae Parker has not had the breakout
0: that we expected. That's been that's been the thing that has sealed the deal, really, is that Devontae Parker has just not developed into the kind of player that everybody expected him to be.
2: And, right. And so because of that, you've,
0: you've just, let's give your money to Landry and... Let's move on. Now, a report did, I I saw a report today that the Dolphins are making Jarvis Landry their number one priority in the offseason. So that's certainly good to hear. That makes me think that the team is prepared to lock him up. And hopefully that is something that they do, in fact, pursue in the offseason. Brain, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the show. We'll be back later this week to talk about what. Turns out to be a pretty enormous football game as the Dolphins travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills. But in the meantime, Brain, tell the people where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Aaron the Brain. Also uh, writing for
1: uh, DolphinsReport.com. Follow them
0: on at Dolphins on Scout. And you can follow me on Twitter at AmplifiedToRock. You can follow the show on Twitter at Same Old Dolphins. And don't forget that you could follow Bad Bruno, the band that brings us the punk rock version of the Miami Dolphins theme song that you hear at the beginning and end of every episode of the Same Old Dolphins show. Follow them at Bad Bruno Punk. Then go over to iTunes. And if you haven't already, you should subscribe to the Same Old Dolphins show on iTunes. I almost used the name of our old podcast right there, Brian. Almost slipped. But uh, <laughs> make sure you're you're following and subscribed to the Same Old Dolphin Show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, go over to SoundCloud, follow us there, leave us a comment, leave us your feedback, uh, leave us a review of the show on iTunes. It's something that will uh, help us out a great deal as we try to increase our audience and just have a big group of Miami Dolphin fans that can interact with us here on the show every every time we do a show. And uh, that's going to wrap us up for this week. So we'll be back later this week to preview the Bills game. But for now, this is Amplified to Rock. This is Josh. We will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go
2: Dolphins!